Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. William B. Lee will join us to discuss Eat to Beat Disease. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. show. Well, we all know what we eat is important for our health, but how much can it be used to beat disease? Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. William W. Lee. Dr. Lee is an internationally renowned medical doctor, researcher, and president and founder of the Angiogenesis Foundation. His groundbreaking work has led to the development of more than 30 new medical treatments and has impacted more than 50 million people worldwide. His TED Talk, entitled Can We Eat to Starve Cancer, has garnered more than 11 million views, and he's appeared on numerous shows, including the Dr. Oz Show, CNN, and now joins us today to discuss his new book entitled Eat to Beat Disease, The New Science of How Your Body Can Heal Itself. And Dr. Lee, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Well, thanks, Charles. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, a fascinating book. Talk about what we eat influences the body's ability to fight off disease. I'm curious why you decided to put this book together. Well, I'm a medical doctor. I'm an internal medicine doc by training and also a research scientist. My background's actually in vascular biology. And for the last 30-some years, I've been heavily involved with uh, developing biotechnologies that uh, have led to 30-some treatments that we use uh, to um, really try to address diseases uh, after the patients have been afflicted. And I started to realize about a decade ago that uh, we really have a bigger opportunity in front of us, which is to find a way to, to prevent disease to begin with. And while medicines are used to treat disease, it turns out that foods can prevent diseases um, uh, entire, from happening entirely. And so that's what really led me to write this book is to ask that question, what is the science be behind the evidence uh, on how foods can be helpful in boosting our health? And you start off the book really talking about how our body is built to fight off disease, where we can help our body's natural mechanisms just by eating. Well, that's right. You know, look, I, I'm like probably all of your listeners. Uh, I, I've been uh, I've listened to news reports about superfoods and super diets, and you know, they kind of flip flop from week to week. It's really a confusion. And you know, I really started to take a look at um, the evidence behind food by first asking, what is health, right? because that's what we're trying to get to. And as it turns out, health really doesn't have a really great definition. Most people think of health as the absence of disease. But in fact, we now know that health is a result of our natural defense systems that are hardwired in our bodies. And these protect us from disease. They help us resist disease from the time we're born to our very last breath. And so the systems, the defense systems, and I write about five of them in our book, really are angiogenesis, which is our, how our body grows blood vessels, our circulation. Our blood vessels bring oxygen and nutrients to every single cell in our body, a real protective shield. Um, our uh, regeneration, our stem cells. So when we were kids, we all learned that salamanders and starfish can regenerate, but people can't. Science now tells us, in fact, people do regenerate through their stem cells from inside out. 
It happens very slowly, but foods can activate that. Our microbiome, which you know everybody is starting to talk and buzz about now, uh, is our healthy gut, gut bacteria, and what we feed ourselves feeds our bacteria and can make the difference between whether they behave or misbehave. DNA is not just our genetic code, but in fact, it actually has a protective mechanism against the environment. So lay out in the sun to get a tan, DNA damage. Breathe in secondhand smoke, DNA damage. Fill up your car at the filling station. If you smell those fumes, DNA damage. Fortunately, our DNA can fix itself and foods can actually amplify that. And then finally, you know, what grandma, every grandmother told their family is that our immune system needs to be boosted to protect ourselves against uh, infection. And in fact, that's true. But we now know from some cancer research, for example, that our immune system is more powerful than we ever imagined and can actually even protect us against cancer. And foods can influence that as well. So that's really why I set out to write this book to first um, introduce the state-of-the-art understanding of what health is, and then to talk about if that's the situation, how does food actually influence each of those health, uh, each of those defense systems? And that brings a completely different angle to thinking about food away from uh, the superfood idea to understanding how the body responds to what we put inside it. So it's more about um, uh, fueling these natural systems that we have in place to make sure that they're operating um, optimally rather than just to try and eliminate disease. <laughs> Right. And, 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 and frankly, try, and rather than trying to eliminate foods, right? So how many, you know, kind of diets out there uh, are hitting us over the head saying, don't eat this, don't eat that. You know, as a doctor, I can tell you, I've had a lot of experience with sort of the um, psychology of trying to convince somebody what's the right thing to do. And human nature abhors deprivation. So when we tell somebody they shouldn't do something or they can't do something, um, it makes them want to do it. And it's hard to sustain. So what I write about in my book, is actually 200 plus foods, all supported by scientific evidence. There's like almost 700 references in my book. And they're public health to small clinical trials, to preclinical studies, to salvia studies, that all take a look at the mechanisms by which different foods or food components actually activate one or more of these defense systems. In some cases, all the defense systems at the same time. Do foods fall to different classes? I mean, what types of foods are they? And then how do they act to boost these different systems? Yeah, so... Big picture, right? So the, the uh, modern understanding of whole plant-based foods being a healthier pattern, that holds true when it comes to the body's defense systems. Um, uh, but what's interesting is it's not just the dark leafy greens that you hear about. So kale is healthy, but that's not the only healthy um, uh, uh, food. Uh, but it also spreads into poultry, for example, uh, chicken, and not just ch any old chicken, but chicken thighs. Um, particular parts of the chicken, it spreads to mushrooms, uh, it spreads to uh, seafood, uh, and not just fish, um, but also shellfish, believe it or not, uh, including oysters. And then it kind of keeps on going into beverages like coffee, um, green tea. All right, everybody knows green tea is good for you, but how about black tea or even chamomile tea? And so in these 200 foods that I talk about, they really um, – they do, they do categorize themselves into the, the, the sectors that I just talked about, but really it's about the individual evidence. Let me give you an example. One of the um, best activators of the angiogenesis defense system for our circulation is soy, right? Soy in most Western countries developed kind of a scary reputation. Some people think that because it has a plant estrogen, it could cause breast cancer. 
But we do know that human estrogen can fuel some types of breast cancer, but it turns out that plant estrogens are nothing like human estrogens. And in fact, they can counter uh, the effects of human estrogen and actually reduce the risk of cancer. So I write about a study of 5,000 women with breast cancer. This is the most vulnerable population you can think of. And, show, and the study showed that those women who ate more soy with breast cancer had actually a 30% lower risk of mortality. And when they had their cancer treated completely, they had a 30% reduction in the risk of that cancer would come back if they ate more soy. Now, how does that work? What's the mechanism, right? That's what we ask, you know, really as scientists, how does it work? Well, it turns out that soy has some natural compounds, natural chemicals, bioactives is what we call them, that actually inhibit angiogenesis, the bad blood vessels that tumors try to recruit to feed themselves. Without a blood supply, tumors have a really hard time to grow. So that's just one example, you know, sort of taking a large, you know, 5,000 uh, patient uh, public health study and drilling it right down to a, a cellular mechanism of action. But there are many more. Also clearing up some of the urban legends that are out there, right? Science leads the way. And sometimes we find things that we don't expect, like the issue with soy. You know, another, another food that actually, uh, you know, sometimes confuses people these days is tomatoes, right? People say, oh, related to nightshade, you know, therefore it may be toxic, maybe have lectins in it. Look, tomatoes, uh, science tells us tomatoes are an amazing source of vitamins. Um, uh, and actually, they contain lycopene, which is a natural bioactive that when you pick off the vine, tomato in the garden, off the vine, and you bite it, that lycopene passes right through our body, okay? Now, however, if you heat that tomato with the lycopene in it, uh, 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 with a little bit of olive oil, for example, you actually change the chemical structure uh, of the lycopene from a form that the body doesn't like to absorb to one that the body avidly absorbs, and suddenly you've activated this bioactive through cooking. Now, a study of almost 47,000 men showed that those men who ate two to three servings of cooked tomato to half a cup of serving had a 30% reduced risk of prostate cancer. And so when you took a look at the mechanisms of action, the lycopene also inhibited angiogenesis, which actually was found in, in fact, the pathology specimens as well. So I've just talked about soy and tomato. It's just two examples of foods that you know have some controversy or confusion surrounding them that you know you really start taking a look at the science and the evidence and you find that in fact they do activate uh, body defenses and you can you know uh, draw a line through the public health data from large studies all the way down to the molecular and even the genetic data are there any foods that you really should avoid they have no absolute benefit for our body's natural defenses well, so what's interesting is that, you know, even though I talk, I, I spend my time focusing on what foods to add, because I think that that contrarian view really gives us a positive approach to our diet so that we don't have to focus on cutting things out. We can focus on what to add and therefore get pleasure and lean into our food, regardless of our socioeconomic status or even our culture. Uh, Mediterranean, Asian, what have you, Latin American, you can always find something that will boost one or more of these defense systems. In my book, though, I do actually talk about some of the discoveries of foods that actually, you know, don't do much good for our health defenses. And I can tell you, um, you know, there's the, that added sugar, which, you know, I think research is pretty clearly stating isn't a good thing to be consuming a lot of, actually um, uh, impacts our microbiome. It changes our gut bacteria. And in fact, um, artificial sweeteners, which, you know, don't uh, elevate our blood sugars, um, we don't absorb them actually are uh, presented to our gut bacteria and change them 
um, as well. And so, you know, for pretty much the things that you might think of that aren't good for you probably will uh, impact negatively some of our health defense systems. But look, we're all people. No one's perfect. Life's not perfect. And so, and, and people will do what they like to do. And so, you know, I, I kind of think about this. If you spend more time, uh, if you put more good things in your body that uh, boost your defenses, you can afford to actually uh, do a couple of bad things. And it's not going to make such a big difference. So that's really my approach to things is to raise awareness about what we now know about foods that help enhance our body's health defenses. And, you know, if we do enough, if we do that enough, there's um, not less, there's less room for eating harmful foods. Well, the last part of your book really is the practical approach to putting food to work for you as you, how should we go about thinking about food? How should we go about planning our meals? Right. So in my book, I, I have lots of charts and tables of foods that you can like just look at, circle, take a picture with your mobile phone and call it up when you're actually at a market, whether it's a grocery store or a farmer's market, and choose the things that you like. That's one of the things that I really want to emphasize. You want to start with the things you like, and that way you're ahead of the game already. But I actually introduced this concept that I came up with because in my book, Eat to Beat Disease, I didn't want to create a diet. There's no such thing as one diet fits all. So I call it the five by five by five plan. It's really a mnemonic just to kind of help people understand a framework for healthy eating. There's five health defense systems, angio, regeneration, microbiome, DNA, and immunity. If you, every day you actually eat five foods that actually boost one of those, those systems, then you've got your back covered. You're doing something for yourself. And so um, that's sort of the five and the five. And then how many times do we eat a day, right? There's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and most of us have a couple of snacks a day. And so that's five times a day we usually have an encounter with food. Five defense systems, choose five foods every day and eat them on the different occasions, usually five, that we eat foods every day. Simple. Anybody can do it. I think that what's interesting, what lies ahead uh, is developing uh, ways to adapt this approach to people who are, uh, have particular concerns. So, for example, if you have a risk for breast cancer or if you have dementia in your family or if you have type 2 diabetes or type 1 diabetes, you know, are there ways of tailoring this approach that would actually um, be more bespoke to your particular situation? So um, that's more of a personalized approach using the 5 by 5 by 5 framework, all supported by science. That lies ahead. We're still not to the point where you can do precision nutrition on a personalized level, but we're going to get there eventually. And that's an exciting area of science because I work you know, both on the therapeutic side and also on the prevention side, it's really interesting to see how the exciting developments in one area can be cross-fertilized to help us, you know, take care of simple things like making a decision on what to make for dinner or what to eat when you're out at a restaurant. Do you think this message of preventative medicine is now more taking root in the medical community and place? Well, I think it is, and it has to. And the reason is that we exist in an unsustainable healthcare uh, environment. And that is, you know, we, we treat the horse after it's out of the barn. We're dealing with a, a, a more populous planet with an aging population that have all the chronic diseases that just cost a hell of a lot to actually treat. So what we need to do is we need to find ways to uh, partition our resources to give the people who are unable to avoid the disease the, um, the types of treatments they need. But that means that we, can, we need to be able to avoid some of those diseases to begin with. And, you know, well over half the diseases that, um, uh, that we're worried about, they're, they're actually preventable. 
And while diet isn't the only way, I think the science is happening, uh, is emerging faster in almost no other area uh, than in sort of helping us understand our body's self uh, health defenses and the way that foods fit them in. So that's why I wrote this book, Eat to Beat Disease. And I'm hoping that really it's going to help to start change the conversation that we have about food and health. Wondering if you have any final words regarding eating to beat disease. Yes. Well, listen, my take-home message is we should um, stop focusing on what to cut out and we should uh, start thinking about what to add so that we can really enjoy our lives and have a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. And for any of the listeners who are interested in getting my book, it's Eat to Beat Disease. It's available wherever books are sold. And you can also find me at on social media at Dr. William Lee, L-I is how you spell my last name. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And your listeners can also sign up to my community to stay informed about health. I'm going to update things periodically with new discoveries and new foods on drwilliamleeli.com. We were just talking with Dr. William Lee. He's the author of the book, Eat to Beat Disease, The New Science of How Your Body Can Heal Itself. And Dr. Lee, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Charles. It was a pleasure. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.